Welcome to Huge Quickly Podcast. I'm Danny. Good evening, Travis. Hey, Danny. How do you say your last name? Abels. Abels. I mean, you could say it any way you want. I say that like it's a confusing last name. I don't know. Well, my Abels? grandma was confused by it. She called me Trevor to the day she died. Refused to believe my name was Travis. She refused. Absolutely refused. And so <laughs> I still answer to Trevor or Tre- Trey. Oh man, okay. Well, now you let it slide if I call you Trevor. I would love it. If you now call I have Trevor. two very similar names in my head. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's gonna happen. They're very close. So I, I, I actually kind of dig it when people fuck my name up because I feel like I have a little something on them, you know? Uh-huh. Like yeah. I know something they don't know. Yeah, right. Is yeah. that that thing where if someone says Trevor like early in the conversation, do you just have to go with it then? Oh, absolutely. If, if you don't call them out immediately. Yeah, no, because then yeah. you're in you're in cahoots with them at that point. And so by not acknowledging it, you're just as bad as they are. Yeah, and you sound weird if like 10 minutes in you're like, oh, by the way, it's Travis. Yeah. You're like, jeez. Who is this dude, asshole? What, you did, Wow, you could have told me. Yeah. This has been weird now. Several opportunities along the line. <laughs> I feel like the conversation would end there. You know, By the way, it's Travis. So like, oh. All right. Okay, well, God, it was Thanks. really nice to meet you. Trevor, uh, Tree, bye. Thanks, jerk. Thanks. I'm leaving this bar forever. He was answering a weird, different name. That's strange. <laughs> yeah. Um. We met on the set of uh, Rain in Portland. That's right. Yeah. I remember it well. I remember you were nervous. Absolutely. We were all nervous. I, I was puking in a potted plant in the corner. No, I'm kidding. Okay. That's impressive. <laughs> no, I'm you didn't smell at all. <laughs> I just always picture someone being nervous. That's what they do. Yeah. Find a potted plant. <laughs> I don't know. I was nervous. I was too. I was trying to hide it and like act like it was no big deal. But you were having to make out with somebody who you, you yeah. knew her boyfriend, right? Absolutely. You know Steve pretty well. I'm yeah. Well, I've, I've explained this before, I think, on the podcast, but I kind of thought I was getting punked when I first read the script. It's like, yeah, we'll get you involved. Here you go. And yeah. then the first thing, you know, okay, makes out with, I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I know her. I, I like texted Ali. I remember being like, is this, did you get the script? Yeah. <laughs> this, I'm, I, I am guy number one, right? Yeah. So that's me. Yeah. Steven's not, you didn't get in this right. project. Are you yeah. able to separate yourself from, from that? Or is it no matter what, like that's somebody else's mouth that your mouth is now inside? Oh, wow. I didn't think about it like that. Um, honestly, I was way more nervous about the fact that they're like, okay, give us some really charming dialogue. Go. <laughs> you know, that was actually even worse yeah. than, than the making out part. And I realized that I'm just not a particularly good actor because they're maybe like, like later we filmed like the next weekend and uh-huh. you know, we're like back at her place. And I'm, I'm a guy that ends up passing out at the end of the night because I'm too drunk. Right. Basically. And, they're like, you need to act drunk. You know, and I'm like, I'd be like, Ugh. like I, I had no, I was like, wow, how, I don't know what to do here. They were like, Ugh, okay. And eventually we just used one. Did but you not it, try actually getting drunk? No. Well, it was like a Sunday morning. Okay. I don't, maybe I could have been kind of method about it. Yeah. That's but, the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. I just get into it and actually do it. I don't think I acted drunk. It was one of those things where they were, later they were like, yeah, we had to do a little montage thing to make it more obvious where we were going. That yeah. You were supposed to be drunk, you know, cut to a, a cartoon image of like beers clinking and yeah. Else yeah. Back to it. Yeah. Just like a body double chugging yeah. beers or something. I thought you were great. I liked when you were passed down on the floor too. really convincing. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was, I, I know. I was like, hold it, hold it. <laughs> wait for the cut. Wait for the cut. Had an itch. I did. Avoided it. Yeah. <laughs> You had some, you had some real stuff too. Yeah, I had to make I, out as well. Yeah, and, and in the in the latest episode, you have a, you have an arc going. That's yeah. I, or is it just a full time? Is it a featured gig? Or? I don't think so. I I think that was it for me. Um, I mean, I'd be honored if they asked me back on, but 
uh, I, I was the same way. I was like, oh, God, I'm really playing this real just asshole guy, it seems like. And I, I had a hard time separating myself from it because I only only really know how to just get into it and, like, try to make that be real. Um, But, yeah, it was, it was just such a weird arc of this guy. It's like, hey, yeah, you're awesome. I love you. Let's hang out all the time. And then, like, ten seconds later, like, yeah, I am, you're kind of young. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I, I was trying to make it feel a little bit more believable, but I, I think I failed miserably. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought you did a really, really good job though. Oh, you, thank you. You, uh, you've got an acting background, right? Mm, no, I, I mean, I've, I've done it before just for kicks. Mm-hmm. I started getting into improv when I got here to Portland cause I didn't really know anybody and it, it was seemed like a, one of those terrifying things. And I was just trying to, uh, dare myself to do something scary. Mm-hmm. And through that, I got really into it and just really loved this world of fellow weirdos of, of people who just love getting out there and ripping off all of their exterior layers of protection mm-hmm. that we carry around and just being naked out there. I really like that aspect of it. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, like in high school, I did some plays and stuff, but no real acting experience beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Travis's, uh, Kickstarter, by the way, is for this really cool storytelling. Uh, project which i do want to get into but i didn't know that you were an improv guy actually where do you do improv uh i'm not doing it anywhere right now Uh, that's not entirely true i've been jamming why 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 are you lying to me that i don't get it (laughs) my head is just full of Uh, marbles uh, (laughs) and then i have a hard time holding on to them Uh, i I can't i did some a bunch of classes with brody okay which i really dug and then uh then i took a class with john breen who's amazing and made me realize that I know nothing about any of this, mm. which is good for you, I suppose. Uh, also, like, just crippled me down completely. But then there's like, that just one... really tear you down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like on the ground, like getting kicked. And then there's that one moment of retribution where like you do something kind of not bad. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like ah, oh! you feel like I just climbed the stairs, and I'm like hands in the air and all that. And then uh, I'm kind of going to guess that John doesn't just heap the praise on you even when you have those moments. Is that right or is, is that not right? I mean, it felt like heap when he was like, hey, OK, that wasn't that wasn't bad. That felt like dad's warm embrace, you know. Uh, well, OK, let's just improv nerd out for like two seconds. Okay. So if you're not in improv, you can fast forward. What what's like the big what's kind of big stuff did you learn from him that you weren't learning at Brody from John? Um, or just you just hadn't yet learned. it. OK, um. I guess connecting is a really big thing with him. He really forces you to stop before you even, before you do anything and just make eye contact. And I think you really start to notice that with people who've gone through his classes that they do that at the beginning of a scene, they'll lock in and that just helps ground it in reality. Okay. And you know, so he's a UCB background guy, whereas Brody is, I don't know if that would be improv Olympic or what. Like, mm-hmm. I guess they're a little bit more story based, perhaps, or relationship based, mm-hmm. and his is a little bit more game oriented. Yeah. Um, but I really dug that aspect of it, just like grounding it right off the bat in reality. Because my instinct is generally just to go wackadoodle right off the bat, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, here we are in space, and here's your mm-hmm. boots, and uh, my nose fell off." But uh, he kind of. Oh knocked, my god! Let me help you. Yeah, he knocked that out of me, at least as much as you know I it okay. could in one class. So it, it's gamey, but grounded in this real serious reality yeah and i think by game it's just that you establish a base reality first and then from there you're more able to see the thing that's weird and that stands out and then from that you everything becomes building and heightening that moment and that whatever that device is that you if you can articulate it 
that's even harder to like say why it's interesting or weird mm-hmm. and then in your mind come up with ways to make it worse and worse and worse for that person in that scenario yeah yeah um you know listeners of the podcast know this i hate to make this about myself i never <laughs> i never do that yeah but i did just have a, a rough improv show yeah it was the end of our my first level four class of brody Oof. yeah and uh man it's tough yeah mm. you just it's just a tough craft but yeah that's just it's like anything else, you know, in, in art and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. When it feels good and you do well, or even mm-hmm. like something like sports, you know, it's like, oh, it feels great. Yeah. But man, it can be rough. It's the worst when it sucks. It's <sighs> the worst. This was a particularly bad because my teacher kind of called me over in probably like week like two or three. Uh-huh. And she was just kind of like, okay, your thing here is kind of like I like you're sort of a player that kind of sits back. You kind of react. Mm-hmm. You can have really good moments, and I think she really does think that I have a lot of potential. And that I, 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 and I think I do too. But you're not necessarily the one that's just stepping out and okay, let's take this, let's Initiate. go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good at reacting and sit back and I'll kind of play up to someone that's doing mm-hmm. something. Uh, I'll support. You know? Yeah. But she's like, this, this class needs you to lead them. I thought she was D'Amica, wasn't it? It was <laughs> That sounds like a D'Amica. Actually, she probably told the whole class the same thing. <laughs> you just told me that last... No. <laughs> this class needs you. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a smart teaching technique. Really. Yeah. Everyone's just like playing t- top status. There, You know, mm-hmm. that would be good. Tell everyone that. But uh, see what happens. But then I just failed. Yeah. It was like, especially in our last show, uh-huh. I don't really know what it was too. There were... I had... You know, normally I never like advertise it out that I do that stuff and mm-hmm. I still kind of don't, but yeah. I actually had some friends that showed up. The place was reasonably busy and I don't know what it was. I felt very like, mm. and then, then when the show's over, that basically all of a sudden it's ironic. All of a sudden I'm like, let's go, you know, oh, I yeah. mean, let's keep it going for another 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, now I really could go. That's always how it is. And it's... that's just your body being dumb because uh-huh. you're like, well, now the pressure's off. So, okay, no, Ooh. of course you can do it. The only time I've ever been good on stage is when I didn't care. And that's so rare because I would always like, there's, there's, I don't know how people do it, man. They have, they're so good at just being relaxed and like, oh, none of this matters and yada, yada. And I can think that all day long until the show starts to happen. And then I'm, I'm, it's all I can think about is just not wanting to disappoint. And then yeah. as soon as that happens, it's, it's just all horrible. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I think I'm probably stealing this from somebody, but. Uh, there's that thought that improv is like jazz and that like sometimes it's like sometimes when it's good, it's like really good jazz, you know, <laughs> but when it sucks, it's like really shitty jazz. Yeah. And it's just the worst. It's the worst <laughs> it's than elevator worst. music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so painful to watch or be a part of. Yeah. And it may, kind of makes me wonder why the hell we, unless we're just all sadomasochist, why we do it. Cause it just, God, it's like, to, for me, it's it's really the same reason that I golf, mm-hmm. which is that I might go out there and be digging in behind the ball and like just digging into the ground or topping it all day, yeah, or you know chipping over the green mm-hmm. and and just like wanting to throw my clubs into the nearest pond. But then you you hit some two hundred yard fairway hybrid up onto the green and you're like, Oh 
man, that felt yeah. good. And that's the same that's thing. A, it's yeah. like you're just sort of swinging for the fences the whole time. That one moment. And yeah, when you feel like you just kind of killed it, even if it's not you, like, oh man, I was just really a part of a cool uh-huh. scene that was really good. Yeah. Then it's awesome. It's the best and I'd show up is. for that all the time. Yeah. But you get attached to it. I think that's the, the issue is that you have that moment finally and then you, it's like anything else, you want it again, right? And mm-hmm. so it's hard to let go and just go out there willy nilly when you're, anytime you have any expectation for what it's going to be or yeah. what you want it to be. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just like you having to get better in a, in a weirdly kind of public way. Like you just, <laughs> it's one way I just, I realized yeah. I'm, I get better at things if I'm really kind of forced to do it and there's some pressure around, uh-huh. me. you know, I like, I like pressure. Yeah. I like this sort of the pressures on and there's something big happening. Yeah. I'm usually better at that. Of course, I just said that I shrunk away from it last time. <laughs> Normally I kind of rise to it, but really? man, this was a weird one. My big thing is that the biggest thing I was disappointed about is that I have, a, I've developed this when I don't think I really feared that much just a few classes ago, but I sort of fear initiating scenes. Yeah. I really don't like it. What is it about? You don't like I, uh, I either rush into something that I don't like, mm-hmm. or I, f- for some reason in my head, I feel like I have to have a cool idea. Right. So if I'm watching a scene, I'm like, that needs to be swept right now. Yeah. And I feel like I actually do have a pretty good mind for that. I'm like, this needs to be swept. But then, then my mind goes, okay, well, what do you have? Like, what can I do? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, wait a minute, no, but you don't need anything. Right. Okay, but is the only stuff right now? I mean, yeah, it really does. I know, but okay, but what are you going to do? And then it's sort of, then I yeah. end up just, just getting yeah. cement blocks on my feet and I don't do it. So that's what I was most disappointed about is that I felt, and then you, you're hurting the team mm-hmm. because it needs to be swept. Yeah. And someone needs to get out there and do it. Damika said that, that, uh, if whenever you have that feeling like something needs to happen, oh, somebody should, should 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 like start building a fire right now or whatever. That's your voice. You're mm. telling you that you should be doing that right now. It, it absolutely needs to be you. Yeah, yeah. I really like what you said about. I never thought of it that way. That it's you really are failing and learning something in front of everybody, as opposed to like when you when you're working on art, you work you throw away the. 30 sketches that you led to the one thing that you like and you put that one up yeah and that's it no one ever sees the other ones it's true everybody (laughs) seen every horrible misstep yeah but that's kind of part of what makes it cool too it's 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 like watching sports you know and you never you don't know if people are gonna catch yeah and i think it does have a sports connection to me i mean i've always played sports and now I don't nearly as much, and I don't know. I feel like it, it kind of tips off the same parts of your brain. You seem you like know? you're into sports. You've got you got like sports shoes on, a sports shirt well, on. Well, they're you. Lance Armstrong <laughs> Nikes. Even better. <laughs> what does that entail? That they're good for bikes? No, just that they're that 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 like light blue and yellow color. Okay, which is like his color thing, and then I think it says "Live Strong" on there. But now, I mean, talk about a fall from grace. Yeah, they're they like. <laughs> They probably like bulldozed his building, and I think they might have just renamed it. <laughs> they wouldn't but, recall every single shoe of his except for yours. They look cool. Oh, thanks. Do they? Can you run in them, or is it just specifically yeah. for like hanging around the house in like a nice sporty way? I actually, I actually do run in these. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of. I should be training for the Hood to Coast right now. I'm doing the Hood to Coast at the end of August. That's like hundreds of miles or something, right? Well, my share is about twenty. In Dang. in three different legs, 
Okay, so, so it's no, like it's, a, you know, I'll, I'll go like a five and a half leg, uh, mile leg. Okay. Like maybe a five and then a seven, something like that. So you pass a baton or something to somebody yeah. else who picks it up? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so really it's, it's a lot different than other runs, even like a half marathon or something. I think that sounds harder or at least mm-hmm. different. Cause you're, this, get, you're, you're part, not going more than seven. Yeah. And you're part of a team and so you don't want to let mm-hmm. them down. So you probably got that going for it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting. You guys are training right now? I mean, (laughs) I've done, I, so, okay, so my company does this every year. Uh I've done it. This is actually going to be the fifth year in a row that I'll do it, assuming I do it this year. And, uh, every year it's the same thing, really, except for maybe the first year where I was really nervous, Uh where it's just a, I'm not really training for a long time. I play, I play basketball and I feel, I always feel like, oh, that's kind of doing it for me. Or like, oh, hey, I'll be doing that soon. Yeah. You know, it just, it's, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit behind the, the on this one. It's impossible. I don't know how anybody keeps a, a regular exercise schedule or regular anything for that matter. Like, cause how do you, if you, if you're really into something, you're trying to get a project done or you're working or whatever, like how, how do you stop in the middle of that to go, Oh, it's time to do my daily fitness regime. Yeah. Like rich regimen <laughs> regime is a little different probably. It's, that's uh, my beauty regime and that is also time consuming. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I don't understand how I have a hard enough time just showering on a consistent basis or like reading on a consistent basis. Yeah. And I've been trying to do the exercise thing on a regular basis too, but I just don't know how it works with like actually trying to work and get your other, all your other passion projects at the same time. I read something just recently about how they, they, I forget what the whole basis was and what they're really trying to say, but it basically was that it sort of doesn't make a lot of sense, but routines even though they say what takes 21 days to start a new habit or something, but real routines are, are hard and your body never really switches over. And it's like, yeah, we must go jog every, every night. Mm-hmm. Like your body doesn't really want to ever. And so it's never going to get <laughs> easy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I struggle with that stuff too. On the I, opposite, it'll get harder as we get older, man, get up, just yeah. to maintain like this weird fumbly gut I have now. Like I have to like, eat way less cool things and like do twice as much just to like hold on to this not even like getting more fit (laughs) yeah i'm not looking forward to and we're still relatively young compared to you know 60 year olds and stuff yeah what's it gonna be like when we're in our 50s man this can be rough (laughs) but every once in a while you see some guy that that i'm always like okay i can he can do it yeah i'll do it yeah that guy's fit yeah tom cruise man that guy's got to be at least 60 and he's still He's not 60. I don't care if he's got some crazy views on antidepressants. I just love him. I'm with you, man. Scientology, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So he's a puppet. He's a, you know. Maybe. He's a lovable puppet. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm nuts. I'm excited about the new Top Gun. I don't call him I didn't even know about crazy. Yeah. You're you're blowing my mind right now. He's an instructor. He's like the washed up dude. I don't care. I'll definitely tune in. Dude, I just saw the trailer for Creed. Which I had to click because it made me laugh. I was like, really? Creed? This late in the game, Creed is coming out of the documentary? It's a documentary uh, about the band Creed. No, it's it's Apollo Creed from Rocky fame, mm. his son, who we never knew. And like you don't even realize it's like part of that until like two-thirds of the way through. And then Sylvester Stallone like emerges from the shadow. He's like, oh, I knew your son, your dad. <laughs> He's a real dick. Uh, well, speaking of fit older men. Still. Jeez. Still, still got it. Man, how old was he when he took out the Russian guy? He must have been in his 40s or 40, right? Gotta be. 
I don't know, 30s, late 30s. All right, maybe, maybe yeah. I, old, old like 90s time just doesn't mm-hmm. even equate to me because like right. we, we're remembering that from when we were 12, and so somebody who was 25 looked like an old man, you know. True, true. Anybody above like. Mm. Yeah, basically, <laughs> anybody twenty and over was like, "Oh, they got their shit together. They probably have a house, a wife, all these things." Yeah, grandkids at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know Kyle Coleman? Yeah, love him. He's, he's a boxer. Did you know that? Stop it. He's a boxer. What? Yeah, we were just talking. <laughs> we went and got a beer after their show last time. My, yeah. we opened for them, On and Sunday. we were talking about how he's got a, a a boxing gym in Tiger that he goes to, and he's trying to get me to go. That's incredible. Yeah, it's like twenty bucks a month. Yeah. Then you go down there and box all you want up uh-huh. to like, it sounds like maybe twice a week. And <laughs> you go down there, you're in an old school, straight up boxing gym. I would have never, I, and I know him pretty well. We jam together on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's, it's amazing that you know people and you have no yeah. idea. He, now, let me totally be clear about it. I, he doesn't get in the ring and box people. He boxes but he, he go He works out at a boxing gym. Okay. And it is a real boxing gym though, where you can join the team, and now uh-huh. you're an amateur boxer, and you yeah, which I kind of sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of does. Put the headgear on. I don't know. Just maybe try to avoid the nose. Yeah, Gary you know? Shandling. Do you know who that guy is? Yeah, uh, the Shandling show. Sure, he's big into boxing, and I listened to that uh, interview with Mark Marin. He did, and he talks about like that for him is what I think improv is for a lot of people, and that it's one of the few moments where you're purely in a moment. And like, poof, you get hit in the head and that is you being hit in the head and there's not a, a single thought about if your taxes are done or, you know, oh, if you sent yeah. that thank you note or whatever. Yeah. See, I was a pitcher. Oh, And okay. that's what that was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How um, long? Um, well, I played up until, uh, sophomore year of college. Okay. Um, damn, that's, that's real deal in college. I mean, it was community college. But it was it counts. It counts. Yeah. And I always have to like sort of preface preface it with this that it might be hard to believe, but the community college league is this ultra competitive good baseball league. Yeah. At least around here. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's wood bats. A lot of guys that have, are drafted but don't quite want to go yet, they wanna mm. get better and maybe work on school a little bit, but they don't necessarily want to go go D one or they can't for whatever reason, maybe yeah. they don't have the grades or whatever. But there's actually a lot of guys that that end up getting drafted or whatever. It's it's actually it's a really competitive league. It's really interesting. And you were a pitcher in it. Yeah, it was it was good. It was interesting. Did you have like a, a, a personal pitch that was like the Danny special? I can't talk about it with an audience of this size. Yeah, the rye and on ham. Um. So okay. So I was like again. I hate talking about myself. It's like clearly just can't do it. But let me give you a couple minutes. Uh. I was kind of a junk baller. What does that mean? So that is, so I'm, I'm a lefty. Okay. So, okay. I couldn't throw the ball very hard. Uh-huh. Probably the hardest baseball I've ever thrown is probably 84 miles an hour. That's, fa- that's faster than cars drive. So, yeah. Most cars. That's sure. really fast. But if, you know, if you're a, if you're a righty, see, for, it's kind of weird, but for whatever reason in baseball, and it's a little bit hard to explain why, but righties are expected to throw harder than lefties. You can get away with more if you're a lefty. And it's because you, you know, if you're a lefty pitcher going against a lefty hitter, uh-huh. it's a, you have an advantage as the pitcher. Right. Because the ball's kind of coming across their, their, your body. It's, right. it's kind of hidden longer. If you look at any hitter in the bigs for the majority of it, unless they're kind of weird, 
you know, some lefty hitter might be batting 300 against righties, but 260 against lefties. It's just huh. the way it's going to go. And flip, yeah. and the same was reversed for the most part. Yeah. But, um, you also see less lefties. So it just kind of throws hitters off a little bit. Yeah. You just are kind of a hot commodity. It's like if you're a better, if you're a decent lefty, you're like a really good righty is kind of what it's okay. like. Yeah. So you have an advantage as a lefty. And so I didn't throw real hard. Well, my point was if you're a righty, if you're going to get into the pros, like you're 90 minimum. I mean, you really, unless you really have some interesting stuff, you kind of need to throw high eighties is okay. slow kind of for a righty yeah. for lefties. It's more like low eighties is slow. But for sometimes in my whole thing, I might have been throwing fastballs that were like 79. Uh huh. But my thing was that I had a really good changeup. I had a really good curveball and a good slider and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was definitely like a, all right, let's just see if you can hit this like, oh, two, just some big curveball. Yeah. And they'd just be like, yeah. Amazing. It was actually funny because, because team people would get really mad. Like they, you know, it's like they would go, they'd be yeah. like where they're throwing their helmet and they're like, yeah. we've got to hit this guy. Baseball's a weird sport too, which I don't think a lot of people really pick up on. There's a lot of trash talk and a lot of, you hear yeah. everything everyone's saying in that dugout mm-hmm. and they'll be talking to you. They'll be chirping at you. Yeah. Guys will be saying stuff about how, how slow, slow you are or, yeah. you know, how hard they hit it last time. So it's, yeah. it's for me, it was like, I think everybody should do it. It's such a cool thing. You're up there. It's just you. You've got a team behind you, but it's like it's your moment. You, you have the ball. It yeah. all starts when you decide to do something. It's just you against this guy. It's just this like, just primordial, just sort of like, all right, mono y mono. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. And everyone is this little game. It's this fun little, little duel. Yeah. I just loved it. Like, I just miss it. This is totally a side topic, but when you were saying everyone should do it and it's like this you against the world kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. This image came in my head. Uh, I need to back up, I guess, to tell the story properly. But so I, I used to, uh, record VO guys. Mm-hmm. And this one guy was telling me he used to live next to William Shatner and mm-hmm. for like years, several years. And he never saw the guy. He was just total recluse. And this is like right around when his wife had died. He positive he was living next to him. That's a really good point. I should have asked him that. Well, the story continues. So. Some other guys seem to always come and go. Yeah. His family. That was weird. There's always but like I... the stilted speech coming out. I assumed it had to be him. Um, so he, uh, he never saw the guy at, until one day there, uh, him and his wife and his kids are getting out of the car at their house and there's these like this whole herd. Uh, I don't know what you call it, a group of dogs, a pack, pack, a pack, sure. a pack of Dobermans. That were always like locked up in the estate, but they'd gotten out and they surround him and uh, him and his family and the kid. And they're just, he's just like trying to fend off these dogs and they're all snarly and all the rest. And then he hears this like off in the distance. <laughs> the first time they seen William Shatner was the silhouette of a man <laughs> standing on top of this like mound in the distance. And, you know, in, in this awesome stance with his arms on his hips, you know. Yeah. And the dogs, whoop, they stop and they take off. Yeah. And that, that was the only time he ever had any interaction Man. with the guy. That's like a Captain Von Trapp or something. Yeah. With dogs. Yeah. King of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I also like that you said, like, everybody should do it as if everybody <laughs> would be a pitcher. Yeah. Just a world of nothing Just, but pitchers. That's <laughs> uh, 12 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You could, could you find too? something like that. Yeah, okay. 
No, equivalent. see, I wasn't a very good hitter. Although, Isn't that how it works, though? Pitchers barely ever hit. I don't hit. know why. Because you got one thing. You, you can't be good at yeah. everything. Yeah. It's like those assholes who are really good at acting, and they're awesome musicians, and they're also, like, amazing cooks. And it's just yeah. like, come on, just leave a I'm little. I'm looking at you, Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so good. Ah, Shazam. <laughs> and he comes out of the genie. Ah, still gets and me. And he's a rapper. Uh, he's a sheriff. He's got cool shoes. He's a sheriff? Yeah. What movie is he a sheriff? No, in? he's actually a sheriff. Stop it. I'm not even kidding. You get your making He's a up. legal, he's a legal sheriff <laughs> in like, like Dade County, Florida or something. What? I'm not even kidding. What does that entail? Does he, does I he think even... he got bored with hoops for a little bit. And he's doing that now? No, I don't think so. But Just... he could step in and they'd badge him up at any time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And I feel like that would work on criminals. Yeah. Like, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just put it back. <laughs> You're right, Mitch. I'm so him sorry. and Charles Barkley, that'd be a great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does it, was it, who was, it was him and Charles Barkley and Larry Bird who had that duo there for a while. That was like. Oh. Like while they were playing? Well, they had the rivalry while they were playing, but then there was like some campaign that they were always on either sides of. It's mm. like, it's good. It's not good. Larry Bird says it's not good. Charles Barkley says it. Oh, funny. It's, All I can think of is him and Magic. Larry mm. Bird and Magic. I didn't know. Oh, you mean the rivalry? Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I haven't seen any of those guys in a while. It's, I kind of he- hesitate to look people up after a certain time of being away from the limelight because it just makes me depressed about where it's all headed. Right. Yeah. Like Kate, the guy from Princess Bride, randomly oh, yeah. came across his face on IMDb today. There's not, he's not I mean, he's well. fine. He's, he's fine. <laughs> he's a, he's a prominent listener, by the way. So, so just, so I didn't say his name. Save this right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll take this out. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. That stuff is kind of crazy. Then it makes you realize it's just, wow, that was a while ago. Yeah. The movie came out. Yeah. But, not done. Yeah. Demolition Man was 1995, man. That was 20 Jeez. years ago. Jeez. It still like it, right? No. I still, I still see Sylvester popping out of that cryogenic chamber. Of course. In my dreams. Uh-huh. Most days. That's how I wake up most days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sylvester. Still. Sly. Thank God you're here. I was having a dream you about to being in the 90s. <laughs> oh, everything was tinted blue. Yeah. So um, I don't want to get through it without talking about your project, man. Yeah. Let's talk about your project. So you got sure. this Kickstarter. You've yeah. been doing uh, – you've been recording storytelling, right? And, yeah. And now you teamed up with an artist to – illustrate those is that kind of the gist what yeah yeah basically um i started recording conversations a couple years ago and i just i was just doing it for the hell of it because i didn't again i didn't really know anybody in portland and i'm just going around bars and and i would force it'd be myself, random so it'd be it'd be random people at first and i well i just forced myself to meet someone and have a meaningful conversation with somebody before the night was over and it'd be like two o'clock and I hadn't met anybody yet. I'm like, shit, well, I can't go home. So I'm just walking around and I hear like a shuffle underneath the bridge and I'm just like, Hey, uh, need anything? Can I get you some? You got a story? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I ended up having some conversations that I would never otherwise have had just cause I was forcing myself to, to sit down with somebody regardless. Um, for the anything night kind of nuts that comes to mind, anything, um, from, from like chasing down a story. Well, this one guy in that particular occasion that I met, um, was this homeless fella named Steve and he had the most insane stories ever. Like I, I, I don't even know if I've 
if I should even say them all because he made me like promise not to mm. <laughs> to say a lot of this stuff. Yeah, because he was like a drug runner for a long time. I won't name any names. I yeah, guess. And sure. he's, and I don't think he's going to be hearing this anytime soon. Um, but he, it, you know, the, all these stories of like his experience with the afterlife and like he, he basically I read this I rubbed this genie's lamp. Okay, and then out came this man, and he told me uh, he like laid out what I needed to do, and I said I want I want a challenge, and so to accept this challenge, I needed to you know have a hard life, and this is what led me to being homeless, and it's all this stuff you know, and, and that's what really gets me is anytime I'm having a I'm sitting down listening to somebody telling me a story, which doesn't isn't a very big part of our conversations generally. It's just a lot of. Hey, how's your mom? Oh, cool. Yeah, still grocery shopping. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But it, it's very rarely like somebody going back into a moment or even like looking forward into a dream or something. And I don't know, like when their voice cracks or there's like that moment where they actually go somewhere and they take you with them. That to me is that's the, what I that's my weightless moment. And that's yeah. like that's almost one of my favorite things in life. And so I guess that's where it started was trying to take one of those moments and uh, do justice to the idea of the story over what the truth might actually be. Cause there's all these inconsistencies that happen with time and how you, the, the, the colors fade and change. And every time you tell it, you know, it, it becomes different. And every time you remember a memory, it, it changes based on uh, how you, where you're at now and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so really trying to embrace that. And like, some, for example, somebody, I uh, was telling a story about being in this jungle with uh, all these monkeys surrounding him in the dark. And he's like, oh, shit, I can't remember. Maybe, maybe it was raining then, too. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, like, crack into thunder and rain, all these things. And just really kind of amplifying mm-hmm. some of these moments as much as possible or trying to pick out moments that other people would be transported so, by. So that that's but you saying that you're, you're adding in effects to that. Yeah. To yeah. So I'll create a soundscape around this story and maybe like add in a lot of things that aren't in the story. Just yeah. add color and add uh just improv some some weird scenes in between there that might have happened or could have happened or whatever just to to make it its own thing and just keep running with it further and further from where it originally started. And then mm-hmm. uh my my buddy Mark, who I'm just so insanely gifted to to be working on this with, he is this incredible artist and also a musician himself. And, and so we collaborate together on t- making a visual interpretation of the audio story, not even basing it off of the person themselves at first. And then uh-huh. we'll look at pictures and kind of weave that back into it. Um, it's really but, kind of its own thing to start with. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it starts with the audio portrait and then it, it just keeps growing from there with the idea ultimately being that, uh, on September 19th, actually, uh, at the People's Gallery here, and oh, no, that's not true. It's the Air Gallery. <laughs> I don't know it's next to the People's, People's Gallery. People's Air Gallery. Yeah, it's right next to them. Okay. Uh, in, uh, in Pioneer Place. Uh, you're gonna walk in and, and you'll get a headset and you'll put it on and you'll like, it'll correspond with all the different visual portraits that you see on the wall and each one will tie into the audio. And so the goal being that you can, walk into these moments of other people's lives and i get confused sometimes between my own life and other people's you know like especially in a dream state or something Mm -hmm. if somebody's told you a story that really moved you that becomes part of your own tapestry in a way and i love that about stories and so i think that we really do get to live these other lives by listening to other people's stories 
And that's kind of part totally. of the whole, the purpose of it is to keep spreading that. And so other people can have these weird little recollections of their own. Yeah. How, how long in interviews did it generally take for you to get the clip that you wanted to get? Um, it's <clears throat> a good question. I, I don't always know while it's happening. Oftentimes there's, there's a moment where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is it. This is it. This is it. They're going. You there. can hear that thunder. Yeah. You just slow down and they like really get wistful or something like, Oh yeah. thank God, here we go. Um, or sometimes somebody will just wash right over something. Um, like one of, one of them is this gal named Emma who is, she's like, Oh yeah. And then I had this psychotic break from reality for a few months and da, 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 and like moved on to the next thing. I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. What was that? Or like I wouldn't like interrupt her. I'd wait till we got to the end of something and be like, can we go back a little bit more into that? Yeah. And then like going back into it over and over and over, like five different times and just getting expand more and more and more on it. And with some of these, I've been going back after the story and improving with them through it. Like this one, uh, another friend was t- telling a story about, uh, he's a taxi driver and I asked him if he'd ever picked up anybody who didn't have anywhere to go. And he said, yeah, actually I did. There was this guy that got thrown out of the shady lady, like one of the shittiest bars in Portland. And, uh, he got kicked out cause he was calling everybody dickhead. And <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> yeah. And so he just started driving around, picked up some beers and was like, Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you go take me, pick up my cousin in Oregon city and just on goes the night. And so after he told me that whole round of events, we went back through it and I played dickhead and yeah. and we just kind of went through it and that was really fun to play with because it gave me all these different layers to zoom out with like there's the overarching story of him and then we could dig deeper in and like actually be in it and mm-hmm. then beyond that i started adding other layers that weren't there uh just to fill in some blanks just to make you know even more weird additions to it mm. so sorry i don't think i answered your question uh, usually We'll sit down for at least an hour. Sometimes it goes for two or three hours, depending on yeah. how busy no. that person is. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And I saw, I happened to see a screenshot. By the way, the video, Kickstarter video, so awesome. Thanks, man. I'll put a link to it, and I'll obviously I'll link to the page and everything, but you guys really got to see it, just because I've seen other people's comments and stuff, so you've heard this before, but it's an incredible Kickstarter video. Thank and you. it has to be one of the better ones that has been put out for Kickstarter. It just has to be. <laughs> so good. I, there's definitely some out there that are, are, are worse, I think. That is a true statement. <laughs> I didn't realize until we were looking back through them that some, some, um, I don't think it's, I mean, I, I wanted to not spend too much time on it because we have the project itself to, to finish. And so, and also it's like, I think a part of what makes a Kickstarter appealing is because there's this altruistic element where you really can help somebody yeah. create this, this, this passion, you know? And if it was, if we like had made too good of a Kickstarter video, it might seem like, well, what the hell do they need help with? Yeah. You know, it's like this hundred grand video. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we didn't really spend any money on it. We just spent a lot of time building this weird, um, robot story machine that we would yeah. uh, put elements of a story into and it would just do the work for us. And that was probably the most fun. We spent probably more time than anything else. Building oh, it's this just thing. so cool. It's so, it's hard to describe unless you see it, but it is like a little prop machine. Thank you, video. man. That's, that's rad. Yeah. It's really exciting to hear people's feedback with it because we had no idea. We were so nervous when we were getting ready to put it up. We're like, oh man, are we going to, we just thought anyone going to be interested. Yeah. yeah I was just going to sit there like the, this weird smelly guy at the party that no one wanted to talk to. And, 
and it got a really awesome response right off the bat. So that was really, really. No, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's not the smelly guy. Thank you. It's not yet. You just wait a week until uh, (laughs) it keeps eating. Yeah. You've got two weeks left out there, listeners, to go check it out. And uh, it's really pretty close. What are you about three grand away? I think. Uh, yeah, 26 something last time I checked. Yeah. So we're 60, or no, we're $7,400 to the way to our $10,000 goal. So cool. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's two weeks left to, to get the rest of the way there. And, uh, hopefully it, uh, ho- hopefully we get there. But every, everything that you put in towards it is for something. It's not just like donating out of your, the goodness of your heart. It's, it's, you actually get the album itself or the art or, uh, a smooch on the nose or uh we celebrate mm-hmm. you that's one of them mm-hmm. somebody actually bought that mm-hmm. we made we made a reward that was um every every year for the next three years on one day we'll take off work and we'll make banners <laughs> and we'll just have a day in honor of that just person for you. Yeah. yeah and somebody got it so who who the hell knew awesome yeah we're gonna hopefully make some new rewards in the next week or so to give more uh enticement yeah you if nothing else just go watch the video and be entertained because it's laugh. really interesting. It's great. Yeah. Uh, what's your? I saw that you have some other video uh, Vimeo videos up, but what's your background in in video production? Um, I I just love making videos. I, I guess my the main thing I spend most time doing is uh, movie trailers, mm. and I was spending all of my time when on my last year of college. I had I worked in this uh, computer lab, and I was just spending all my time watching trailers. I got obsessed with them. And it just di- didn't dawn on me until I think everybody's been there where you you go to like iTunes trailers or something yeah. and you just start watching it. And there's there's so stop. many and can't yeah. stop. Yeah. yeah, I remember it was like uh, Garden State, I Heart Huckabees, all these trailers. I was just so in love with, and uh, it was around the time when I saw Jay Z's Ninety Nine Problems music video, and that was the first time I, I recognized editing. I was like, wow. Somebody really went through all this amazing footage and put this together in a totally – the editing is what, what made it for me. I remember that video. Right? It's incredible. Yeah. Like just – like somebody tilts his hat like right on this part wait, of the song. Wait, am I thinking something else? Are they on a rooftop? This is probably like 78% of Jay-Z music videos. but <laughs> And a puffy jacket. Kind of puffy. Jacket. You know, yeah. people are drinking, yeah. having a good time. Probably not smiling too much. Yeah, the girls are really attractive. Yeah, so there's like a – there's probably some champagne – yeah. Uh, no, this one is actually black and white, and it's all like montage from him just walking around Brooklyn. I'm imagining. And I think I'm thinking of something else. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. That, it, so anyway, so I, 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 that's where I really started getting stoked on the idea of it. So I just started um, pretending I knew what I was doing, and I so still do, don't really. Would you go? Would you go get a movie and then go sl- slice it up yeah. and just make your own little trailer out of it? Yeah, I think. So, so I was Kane. curious what some of those were. Cause uh, do you have some of those up? Uh. uh or are they other? Are they, yeah, are they are they other trailers? Because you have a couple like, um, like the one about the guy that comes up with the that cracks the code in World War Two. Imitation game. Yeah, is that your your own thing? Yeah. Okay, so you did your own trailer for that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, there's it started with me just fucking around and doing my own uh of like old movies and stuff, but uh, but now I, I mostly work with uh, a studio or a trailer house who will hire me on a certain campaign to do. X, Y, Z. Um, and my favorite is when they have no idea what they want, which is a lot of the time they'll just say, ah, we got this movie. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe do something with it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just play around with it and uh, try to find the heartbeat of it and like try to do justice to the movie as opposed to 
I don't know, some trailers, I feel like they come into their own recently, but a lot of older trailers are just trying to smash in every single cool part of the movie, which I know is the big, people's big beef with trailers. You gave it all away. You showed all the funny parts. I was just going to ask you, yeah, what's your kind of thought on that? Is that, that's like a, that's like a no-no with trailers? Uh, to, to, to show all the, to feel like you showed everything? Um, I try to show as little as possible and like have, very minimal dialogue going on and just have it be more of uh, like an art piece mm. as much as I can. But at the same time, like people certainly aren't going to want to go see a movie when you're showing them all the worst parts of it, Sure, you know? And like, it turns out that explosions and like a girl maybe unbuttoning the top button or something like that, that like gets p- people wanting to see go movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you can't get around the like pure basic facts of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, the more stuff you show, the more exciting it's going to seem, right? Well, it seems like that would be easy with, like, a Sofia Coppola film or something, where you've got some cool montages and uh-huh. some artsy stuff happening, right. but that might be kind of hard to tease out. Oh, it's, um, the, it's other the hardest stuff. thing. Oh, my God, it's the hardest thing ever. I had no idea how hard editing was until I tried to do it. I was like, God, I don't know how to... And I still have no idea every single time I start something. I, I'm just, I, I'm working on a piece right now for a Sir Silverman movie that I got yesterday that is the most depressing movie. I should really? really say that. So, it's, so okay, so just so we're clear. So, yeah. you, so you're you're editing the, the official trailers for some bigger movies. It's not a certainty that mine will get picked. There's generally, <clears throat> depending so, on how big the movie is, like Imitation Game, there was probably eight different places, trailer houses, that were cutting trailers for uh-huh. it. Um, and so you're always in competition with other editors usually unless it's like a really low budget thing yeah. and they can only afford one person but that's yeah. very rarely the case so and, and is was yours picked up for imitation game yeah there so, was a, there was some other stuff that was made for imitation game that wasn't mine okay. but um so it's probably a little bit confusing there's probably a lot that goes on with that stuff but mm-hmm. that's really cool though that's really awesome thanks man yeah that was a really cool one to work on it's it's not always the case that you have such a a fun, well put together, well thought out movie to work on. Yeah, I really want to see it. I've heard really good things. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd back it. I support it. I'd back it. I wouldn't say that about all everything that I've worked on. I'd say sure. that about ten percent, maybe. Well, if you're working on a depressing movie, that's not what you're hoping for. I think when you get the email, oh hey, let's work on this. Hey, got this really great depressing movie. You're gonna love it. I know you're dealing with some stuff with your, you know, death in the family and your breakup and everything, but really want you to dive deep into this one and just really feel the emotion. Yeah, just get into that inner turmoil. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's good to have other stuff outside of it, so that doesn't. I have a hard time separating sometimes from it, though. Yeah. Like if it, I, I kind of live and breathe the the editing, and that's the only way I could really do it is if it's just it's constantly in the back of my mind. Um, and so if it's just if it's a heavy movie, which happens to be a lot of the time, uh, I'll just that'll be where I'm at until yeah. it's done, and then I can like live free and die hard again. Nice. After that, did you do that one? With the river. That I would did, be a great one. I live did work on that movie. Oh, I, I didn't do a trailer. I did a TV spot for it like six years ago, whenever that oh, was. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I love Bruce Willis. Who doesn't? Man, if you don't, just get out. He's such a... GTFO. Yeah, it seems like so manly yet sensitive, you know? Like he just... He's like a dad that you can just... You can you can tell, you know, that you, what you did. Dad, I, you, I, could, I, you could tell him. <laughs> and he's he might be stern at first, but he'll understand. I wouldn't want to be like a, like a boyfriend of his daughter. Sure. I'll tell you that much. Who would? 
No way. Mm-mm. Oh man. I know. I feel. I feel like he gets sort of forgotten about a little bit when you think of action stars and just leading men. Dude, the best you can ever do as an actor, I feel like, if you hit that peak, you gotta be like in that limelight for like what five years, six years tops. He's probably one of the few that's lasted beyond that. Mm-hmm. But think about all the people that were huge ten years ago that we've never heard of anymore. What happened to Hugh Grant? What happened to Hugh Grant? <laughs> for example, he's not an action star. Yeah, like uh, I don't know, maybe maybe he's like a Greg Kinnear. Or Greg like Kinnear, a- where's he been? Yeah. I haven't seen him in ages. Yeah. In that like windshield wiper movie a while ago. That was the last I heard of him. Oh yeah, when he's the f- taken on Ford. That's right. They're like they're like, all right, uh Aaron Brockovich did it right. So you don't have to go down that road. There's another one, Julia Roberts. When was the last movie you saw her in? Actually she wasn't one recently, I think. I still kinda love her. Oh my god, are you kidding me? She's the best. I would babysit her kids. Just to just to have that like five minute interaction where she gives me twenty bucks at the end of the night. Yeah. Although I do think it's not her fault, but when she was in Oceans Twelve, 19, yeah, and she's like playing herself, playing pretending herself. to be herself. I was yeah. someone needed to raise their hand and be like, Wait "This is really stupid." <laughs> it's just some PA. Yeah. I I'm staking my career on it. This yeah. is dumb. Because <laughs> it was so stupid. Be craft services. But Steven, I gotta tell you, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about this direction. God love him though for doing whatever the hell he wants. True. Steven Sodenberg, man, yeah. you've seen, uh, Bubble? No. That's an interesting, Schizopolis? He makes all these, he has anyway in the past, made all these movies that have, n- there's no way that anybody could have made these. They're just, they're about, like Bubble it has no actors in it, and there's no plot, really. Really? I mean, there are, but it's not, there's no script. And Schizopolis is just completely out of your mind crazy. And like full frontal and all these movies that he, he like he knows how to make a movie that people are gonna want to go see with Brad Pitt, but and then he totally. also does one for him, yeah, which I think is maybe what Ocean's Twelve was. He's like, hey, yeah. I'll do this for me. Well, I thought Ocean's Thirteen was pretty good, and Ocean's Eleven was great, and Twelve was good too. It's just that one part I was like, just the huh? odd numbers, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd weird. go. I'd see Fourteen if they brought it out. Come on, like yeah, those Got guys to. are the best. Got to add I love some all new, of them. Who do you think the new guy would be that they'd bring into the mix? Because it's got to have like a new addition to make it fresh, right? Um, um, Greg you know Kinnear. <laughs> Greg Kinnear is due. He's so due. Maybe you know. Speaking of that, that uh, Michael Keaton. Speaking of that, eight, that time frame. I'm glad mm. that he came back. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I love that guy so hard. Yeah, dude. There's nothing He's that great. I love better than some Keaton in my life. Yeah. These... A lot of people need to come back. When was the last time you saw a good Jack Nicholson movie? Okay, I'm with you there. Uh, Maybe that's not true though. I'm Anthony Hopkins. Where's he been? Bring him back. Know. Let's do. Let's write them all an open letter right now. If they would just stop making all the superhero movies constantly mm-hmm. and maybe get back into something with some teeth, that's what he did. Anthony Hopkins. He was Zeus or something, right? He was something and something. Yeah, that's it. That's what it was. That was his yeah. last thing. I don't want to offend probably the seventy percent of our listenership that likes the Avengers and all that. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who the next one would be. Uh, I forgot who we were talking about. Who, who, they who would join oh. the kind of new Rat Pack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. You know, the obvious choice would be Chris um, Pratt, but I don't think. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Chris Tucker for a second. <laughs> that was like, wow, funnier. that's the obvious choice. The obvious choice is is clearly Chris Tucker. <laughs> but um, you're right. He's that's just totally like it. the man. That's right the guy. Now. This might be happening right now. 
I really do want to go see Jurassic World because I haven't yet. I, I actually think, though, you know, I like the guy. I like the guy a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I'll bet if he had a party, he'd be the best. Oh, my God. So many I party tricks. I actually kind of think maybe he's overrated. Oh, yeah? I, I don't know. I, it's He's charming. <laughs> he's charming. But I, I don't know if he's really a leading man. He's He's not a Brad Pitt. Yeah, but I think maybe that's why he is so likable is because he's kind of an everyman. Yeah. You know? I mean, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I actually didn't. Uh, watch that movie and then, and then, and ha- then come and then, back to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I think he, he killed it in okay, that movie uh, and he's just so damn likable. I don't know what yeah. it is about him either. Yeah. But. Well, I, I might be totally insane too, but I've been, I've been, I've been getting through Parks and Rec right now mm-hmm. and a lot of it I love. I actually think it might be a little overrated as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where are you getting these ratings from that are so over the board? Uh, I just, I've heard big, like, grandiose statements uh-huh. about Parks and Rec. Like, it's yeah. the perfect show, and right. I don't know. It's a good anyway, show. Yeah, I think it's decent. I feel like any of the, any one of those shows you can get into, and then there's this weird familiarity that be, that you get with yeah. watching it, like, yeah. binge style, that yeah. you just, you really do fall in love I, with. I it. think, I think Amy Poehler is fabulous. Mm-hmm. She's great. Yeah. But certain stuff like, um, well, you, have you, are you, like, caught up on that show? We don't need to get too, too in depth. I, I'm not caught up yeah. for the last anyway, years. Yeah, it's just, you know, I just, mainly I think it's because I think the op, the office was so great mm-hmm. that it just kind of, everything else pales in comparison. Is that done? I'm out yeah, of it. Yeah, it's done. Okay. And it got really bad at the end. I gave up. Yeah, I kind of lost touch yeah. with that as well. Yeah, whatever. There's so much good stuff now. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, you can find all kinds of great stuff. True, D. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm wanting to get into that. It's worth it. I need to. Yeah, so I don't know what tweet us. Who's the next Brat Pack guy? Standing by. Who is it? We're, we'll let we'll let uh, everyone know. And then I'm on. We'll, I want to know what you have to say about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. Absolutely, man. It's been such a blast, and um, really excited. I'm sure your 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 gig will get will get uh, funded. It's just it's just gonna happen. This is a huge success. You so saying I can't that, wait to see that? I feel like we just might have made it just right then and I know. there. I know. See, Chris Pratt was about to be in the Rat Pack, now he's not, and your thing's about to be funded. It's all because of what we just said. Let's quit what we're doing right now and go directly and see Jurassic World. I really do want to see it. Maybe I'll change it. And I I know Guardians of the Galaxy, I've heard it's great. I need to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're right. You're right. I'm overstepping my bounds. (laughs) I'm I'm not staying in my lane. I'm uh, straying other than any other little things. Ten and two, keep it on ten and two. I gotta keep ten to fifty-five. Miles on the prize. Yeah, I. I uh, you're doing great, man. I think you're not giving yourself <laughs> enough credit. I mean, you're looking good. Look at these. You got these shoes. You're a pitcher. Was like, what more? What what what? Where's that was? What's that was about? You're right. You could still, still throw faster. It's, it's right up there. You, you pointed to a blank wall. You said that. Is that like an improv <laughs> prop? That no, it's in my at? closet. Oh, it's tucked away into the yeah. nostalgic. I just pull it out nightly. That's all. Yeah. No big deal. I oil it. Mm Mm-hmm. Just Uh wear it around the house like Uh a (laughs) loincloth. That's fair, man. I get it. I'm into weird shit. Yeah. (laughs) That would be so bizarre. (laughs) All right. Thanks, thanks everybody, so much for tuning in. And I love you all. And Travis, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. All right. See you. Bye.